Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. This is Brian Ortega and we have another episode for you today. I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking about a passion of mine that I haven't talked about before on this podcast. So we're kind of getting away from the front desk, but we're going to be talking about gambling today. So uh, really what this episode is going to dive into is some of the things that I want you guys to know about when you visit Las Vegas just so there's no sticker shock when you jump into town and find that it's pretty expensive since the last time that you actually visited. And also trying to give you an idea of the games that you should be staying away from when you come to town. There's a lot of games to play, and especially if you don't play often or see table games as often as, as maybe I do, it might not mean a whole lot, but it does mean a big difference in how much you're actually betting and also the minimums that uh, you should be playing at. So I'm really excited to jump into that part of it as well. I'm also going to be talking about a little bit about my birthday that just passed a couple weeks ago. So um, I did go out. Um, we did sort of stumble around our old stomping grounds over at the MGM Grand. And um, I have a have a little bit of a review for you um, for Craft Steak, which is actually probably one of my favorite restaurants now. Um, I had been there quite a few times before, but uh, next to my brother, we went back. And its I don't think it's ever really good to sort of pump up the restaurant that you used to, the restaurant at the hotel you used to work at. I always thought that was kind of a cop-out, but I think uh, I think it actually deserves um, its place on my list of one of my favorite restaurants now. So we'll have a review about that coming a little bit later in the pod, but we're definitely going to be jumping into one of my favorite topics today, and that is gambling. So stay tuned, and here we go. All right, guys. So it is time to talk about gambling. So one of the things that you'll probably do when you come to Las Vegas is probably put a 20 spot on a roulette a wheel or a roulette table and watch it spin, and hopefully your number or color comes up. Um, it's, it's not as easy as you think it is. Um, a lot of people think it's, uh, it's also not as hard as you think it is as, as, as well. The thing is, is that a lot of people believe that gambling takes an inherent amount of skill. Um, you have to know a lot about it, which it does help. It actually makes it much easier, a little bit less uh, stressful, which is really what I see a lot of when people come to Vegas that they stress out. They think everyone's gonna come after you if you don't know what you're doing. So I really want to just disparage or um, disregard all the all the rumors about gambling. Um, most people that play on the strip, uh, they're also amateurs, so you really don't have to worry about someone coming after you for taking a card in blackjack or you know throwing the dice wrong and in, in craps, which you probably should learn how to do those. But um, I have been uh, an instructor for uh, casino games for about ten years. I think I have a pretty good idea on how to play games, how to act around games, what the the etiquette that you should have when you play a casino game. So I really want to jump into those things and hopefully this is helpful when you come to Vegas to to play any of the games. So really the first thing I want you guys to sort of disparage is that that we all know what we're doing. Some of us do, most people don't. 
But a couple things that you should know when you come up to a table is that it's all cash business, so you don't want to be the person that walks up and throws their debit card down. Uh, most of Las Vegas, especially when it comes to casino games, are still a cash business, so make sure that you get cash when you're back home. Also, it's really important to know that you should get money before you come to Vegas. So unless you're taking out over you know, $10,000, which I think is, is the limit that you can take on an airplane, um, usually most people don't travel with that much cash. But if you do, fantastic. I want to be friends with you and let's connect. But come to Vegas, have your money ready, or stop at a bank in Las Vegas. There's plenty of them. Not on the Strip, but there are plenty around. But the reason I say this is because if you try to go to a casino and take out money, especially for those of you that have been here before, there is a fee. The fees can be quite large, typically 8 to $9, depending on what casino you're at. Uh, what I always recommend, though, if you have to take money out of ATM, because, you know, it's it happens, I always recommend that you take out more money than you think and always do it all at once. So don't take out, you know, 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there. I always recommend you take out, you know, all five, 600 bucks, if that's going to be the end result or your budget while you're in Vegas. Um, if it's a, if you're put, keeping all that money in the ATM because if it's a um, sort of a way to stop you from gambling so much, that's fine. But I always recommend take out more money than you need just because it'll only charge you that eight or nine dollars once. If you take it out four or five different times, then you times, you know, nine by 10, that's 90 bucks of fees that you're paying at the ATM. So if you just do it all at once, it's only going to charge you that one time. The only time it'll charge you like a percentage is if you're using a credit card to take money out and then it will charge you a credit card, uh, a percentage amount. So that's one little tip. Um, I would always make sure that you bring money to Vegas cash specifically, especially if you're going to be tipping or doing anything of that nature with the front desk, the concierge, if you get valet, another thing that you should do is tip. But we talked about on the a couple of pods ago that that's something that you should probably do. But anyway, so back into the gambling part of it. It's all cash business. I would also recommend you get a player's card. Sometimes they have really cool sign-up bonuses. So they'll give you like 25 bucks free play. They'll give you like 10 or $20 in food and beverage credits. So those are really good things to sign up for. Um, and really, the thing is, is that you're probably going to be staying at a hotel, obviously. So those cards, the players cards, those are really helpful, especially when you come back to Vegas another time. And you want to make sure that you put your room on those. So what does that mean? So you actually present your card, you get tier, you get credits, tier credits, whatever you want to call them, just like a loyalty card, it's free. There's usually no charge to getting those at, at all. So also, if you get enough credits, you get free parking, free valet, uh, complimentary stays, that sort of thing. So that is definitely a thing that I would recommend you sign up for. And a lot of times, if you walk up to like a craps table, blackjack table, and you say that you're not a guest or that you're not a, um, a member yet of their players program, they'll take your ID, then they'll you know say how much you're playing, and they will actually print you out a card while you are playing. And it doesn't take a very long time, so you don't have to wait for a very long time for your card. So it's definitely something that I'd recommend you do, especially if you're thinking about you know gambling a lot, especially if you're gonna play slots. Of all the games that get you the most points, it is the slot machines. Table games don't really give you that many points anymore. But if you play slots, highly recommend that you get a player's card for sure. This has gotten much more expensive than what it used to pre-pandemic. Uh, before the pandemic, you were able to find $10 blackjack, $10 craps at a few places. Places like Luxor, uh, Excalibur, Flamingo, Harrah's, Link, that whole sort of promenade right there. 
um, was about 10, 15 bucks. You can usually find it, you know, depending on the time of the day, obviously, but usually you were able to find a $10 blackjack or $10 craps table. Now it's very difficult to find anything around that, especially on the strip. When you get to the strip, everything's going to be $15 or more. And 15 is actually a, sort of a dying breed now. Um, usually you'll find $15 tables at places like the Park MGM, MGM Grand. You can usually find some. You can usually find some at the. You can usually find some over at the Flamingo and Link still, but they're going to be $15 or more, and especially depending on the part of the time of the day. So most places, I always tell people this the nicer the chandelier, the more expensive the table games are going to be. So places like Cosmopolitan, Bellagio, Aria, it's going to be $25 and up. So just be wary that that is what you're going to be seeing when you come to Las Vegas. I recommend if you come to Vegas and you're going to be doing serious gambling, I would recommend you come with no less than 600 bucks, just because that is really what you're going to need to spend you know, two, three days here in Las Vegas. And that's very much the minimum. Um, if you're going to be here three days and you only have five, 600 bucks and you're going to be doing a good amount of gambling, um, you're either going to have to learn how to really, really prioritize how much you want to lose um, or you might want to spend that money somewhere else. So just keep in mind that it can be quite expensive gambling here in Las Vegas, but it's a good time to you know check out. Fremont Street always has affordable casinos that you can play at like Binion's, Fremont Hotel, uh, you can also find some at the Downtown Grand, of course, uh, the Four Queens, the Californian. Those places all have lower limit tables, you know, something around $10, of course. And the thing is, is this is what we always tell people, is that the money pays the same regardless of where it goes. So even though you're not playing at the Cosmo, you could be playing at the Californian and still make the exact same amount of money. Also, some of the places that I like to gamble, uh, South Point is a really great option, um, especially if you like cowboy stuff. That's a great place. But they also have lower limits. They do have double deck blackjack, which is a great game. It's still blackjack. People always freak out when I start talking about double deck, single deck, six decks, continuous shuffle. When we say single or double deck, that just means there's two decks. The odds are much better for you the lower the number of decks are. So single and double deck is great for the player especially if you know how to play basic strategy, six or more decks is typically not great for you. doesn't mean you can't win. There's always runs you can go on, but typically your odds go down when you have more than, you know, six decks. So, and then everything's predicated on you playing there for a long time. So just know, even if you're playing single or double deck, if you play for like more than an hour or two at one time, your odds of losing actually goes up just from you sitting there for that amount of time. So we've worked it out. Just remember, this is always the mantra. Casinos were not built on winners. So just keep that in mind. But I love to gamble. So I hate when uh, people sort of look down on people who like to gamble. But always do it in moderation if you can, for sure. So also, a lot of people will always tell you not to drink when you're gambling. But the thing is, you're on vacation. Why not drink? So this is another thing is that it's we've talked about this on their podcast, it can be very expensive to drink in Las Vegas. So please partake in the free drinks. So they usually will give you any type of drink possible. Usually think, I always tell everybody this, think the second level of the bar down. So if you're looking at the bar, there's usually like, you know, three or four levels of the, the rack on the bar. 
always tell people think second level or below. So think like Crown and Coke, lower. Grey Goose, they'll typically do Grey Goose. It's a very common uh, vodka. They'll go ahead and go with it. Tito's is very, very popular vodka as well. Super popular in Las Vegas right now. But really, second level and down. And then if you ask for beers, the cocktail waitress will always know what kind of beers are on tap or what they have. Typically, they won't do tap. Typically, they'll do bottle. Uh, just keep that in mind. And usually, single a single dollar, two dollars is cool. Five bucks if she's really cute. That's usually, that's usually what I tell everybody. If she's really cute, five bucks because you never know. I did want to tell you about some games that you probably shouldn't be playing. Um, these are definitely things that people don't understand, especially if you don't play every single day. So Crapless Craps is number one. So um, these are actually not in any particular order. This is just one that's creeped up over the past couple of weeks. Um, well, past couple six months, I would say. Not weeks, six months. That there was really only one place that offered Crapless Craps, and that used to be the Las Vegas, the, the Las Vegas Hotel, which used to be over at um, Fremont Street, which is now where Circus sits. That was the first place I saw a Crapless Craps table. I was so confused. And I remember that room was very big. It was very big, bright. Um, and the thing is, the Las Vegas Club used to be uh, used to be themed as sort of a, a sports place, which was really interesting. It was very old school sort of casino uh, Vegas. But it was really bright. I always remember it. And uh, they had crapless craps, which crapless craps, for those that are not aware, uh, craps usually has numbers on the on the felt, usually four, five, six, eight, nine, and ten. Those are the points. Well, in crapless craps, they typically have extra numbers. They'll have all those numbers I just mentioned, including the two, the three, the eleven, and the twelve, which two, three, and twelve are craps, and eleven is yo. Um, it's only not missing. It's the only thing it doesn't have is the seven, obviously. So the thing is, is that those tables are usually the lowest limit in the casino. And there is a reason for that. Typically, they will always make the games with the lowest odds of winning the lowest uh, minimum table. So just keep that in mind. If you see a crapless craps table, it's meant to draw in you, the fish, <laughs> for, for, the, for lack of a better word. You don't want to be a fish. That's why you're listening to the pod. So I always tell people that you don't play crapless craps. In the long run, you will end up losing. Uh, so I definitely don't recommend playing crapless craps. Even if it's the last resort, just know there's always a casino right next door that will be offering craps as well. So stay away from crapless craps. And to stay on the craps talk, I really hate So I really do not – I don't like – I really don't like it. And also, my mom told me not to say hate, but I really hate that people parlay all their their hard ways. So parlaying, for those of you that don't know, let's just say that we have a 10, which uh, would be a uh, hard 10, which would be 5 and 5, and then the easy 10 would be a 6 and 4. And you throw the 10, which is the point, and then you hit it. You hit the 5 and the 5. Boom. You get paid 10 to 1. Perfect. 10 for 1, if you want to be specific about it. And then you don't take any of your money back. So if you bet five bucks on that, you're going to win 40 or 35, whichever one you want to go with. And then you just parlay it or just double it. You're not keeping any of your winnings. So why not take some of your winnings, maybe put another five on it, but you're, keep, you're still keeping 30 or 35 bucks at the time and still going up five bucks. And then if it hits again, you still win another hundred. So that's the thing is that you have to understand that you have to keep some winnings, especially when you win the first time. So just keep that in mind. Parlaying is super overrated. It's always heard around the casino. 
And the thing is, most people who parlay their bets do not win in the long run. It's really fun to throw it out and say it, but just know that that is not the way to win playing craps. So just keep that in mind. I always recommend stay away from crapless craps tables. Parlaying is overrated. So another thing that you should probably stay away from is triple zero roulette. This is definitely another thing that's been creeping up in Las Vegas after the pandemic. By the way, the crapless craps thing you see it everywhere now. That was always sort of like the low standard thing in Vegas was playing crapless craps or having a crapless craps table. You only saw it at the Las Vegas club. The stratosphere was the only other place on the strip that I heard about it or saw it. And then now you see it everywhere. You see it at the Cosmopolitan. You see it at all the MGM resorts. I uh, really haven't seen it at Caesars properties creep up too much, but all the MGM resorts are now getting into that. And the thing is, is that it's, again, not good odds for the player because if you hit on the two and then you have to wait for the two to come around, probably not going to happen. But it, do, it it happens every once in a while because it is gambling and you know winning happens on every single number, obviously. So again, that's my last thing I'm going to talk about, crapless craps. Just really wanted to get off my chest. Then uh, triple zero roulette. You want to stay away from triple zero roulette just because that is three zeros on the wheel rather than two. And just for those of you that didn't know, if you ever go to Europe, Europe only has a one zero. So thank you very much, capitalism, for the two zeros on our American roulette wheel. It's even called an American roulette wheel if it has two zeros. If it has three zeros, it's called a Vegas roulette wheel. So uh, typically in Vegas, a lot of places are now going to this triple, triple zero roulette. Just know that, for example, when you're playing a roulette game that has, obviously, the standard roulette, and then it has the American wheel, your odds of winning if you place it on red or black is 48 to 48. So now that you'll go back and you'll know this, your odds of winning at a roulette table is not 50-50. It is 48 to 48. Why 48 to 48? Because the extra two percentage points are the zeros. So now when you play a triple roulette wheel, it's 47 to 47, so not quite 50-50. Um, and also I'm not a big fan of roulette, but if you are a lucky person, I highly recommend roulette. And I would also recommend just pick your most important numbers in your life. Do not miss the 22 because, uh, my brother did that this uh, past weekend. And, uh, let's just say he was not happy for getting his oldest son's birthday. So, uh, didn't, it actually worked out because we went and played blackjack later, went back to roulette and found out that we hit it on the first try. Black 22 was the number, so shout out to uh, Max, my nephew, who's 13 now, actually. That's another one, and then also continuous shuffle blackjack. Highly recommend you don't, it's, it's really hard. I can't say not to play those games, because the thing is, the lowest limit blackjack in the casinos are definitely going to have continuous shuffle machines. So what are continuous shuffle machines? So continuous shuffle machines never stop shuffling. So the whole idea is, with blackjack is that once the king of diamonds is played you will never see the king of diamonds that particular card king of diamonds played in that shoe until you reshuffle obviously well in continuous shuffle we play about three or four hands we take the deck and then we put it back into the machine shuffles it all over again and we continue playing which means you don't have any breaks you can't stop it's just continuous motion going 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 Typically, when you're playing with this type of uh, machine, continuous shuffle blackjack, it's usually six decks. So you also are playing at the lowest odds of winning in blackjack, which is typically about 15% chance of winning if you played perfect basic strategy. And it's not good. So just keep that in mind. Also, blackjack has not gotten any better um, over the years in terms of odds. It is actually one of the best games to play in a casino if you played 
perfect basic strategy, but the return has gotten so low just because of him playing six to five, which is not as good as three to two. I know these are lots of numbers. It's really hard if you're not, you know, up on it. But just know if you see six to five, that usually is not good. But don't worry, most places in Vegas pay six to five, so you probably won't know the difference. But typically, local places like Station Casinos, uh, if you go to uh, the Palms, if you go over to downtown, uh, South Point, obviously, they will pay three to two, which is a little bit better. So highly recommend playing those places. Um, and I don't want to say that never play on the Strip. It's very expensive. I love to play on the Strip. Uh, but typically, if you want to know what games I play, I um, highly recommend craps. Just the regular craps is my favorite. Just know it is certainly an investment. You're either going to win a lot of money or lose a lot of money really, really quickly. But it's okay. If I'm there to try to win money, I want to do it as fast as possible. And I do like to play blackjack if I'm trying to get drunk. So usually I'll play blackjack because if you know basic strategy, you really don't have to think very much, which is quite uh, the fun part of it. Um, a little thing is uh, parlay cards. So parlay cards for sports betting. We all like to bet our parlays, and obviously sports betting is becoming much more popular in the United States. Just know that parlay cards typically don't win very often. Um, I'm not here to be a negative Nancy. I also play parlays, usually not more than two teams, because hitting two teams is hard enough. Three teams is almost impossible. Four teams, you always have the lottery. So I always recommend... Try to stay away from parlay cards, but, you know, or if you're going to play parlays, try to keep it to three teams or less because two teams is hard enough. So that is my uh, little explanation on gambling here in Las Vegas. Um, also, uh, if you ever have any questions about any of this, you can always find me on Instagram at concierge underscore LV, or you can find us on Twitter at keys to Vegas and ask us any questions there as well. And also, if you ever have any questions about coming to Vegas or wanting us to sort of plan out a itinerary for you, I would gladly do that. And also, if you like, I can even talk about on the podcast. Um, we won't mention names, of course. But for example, if you're coming to Vegas for like a birthday or a bachelorette or something like that, I would love to sort of plan it out and explain to people how we go about doing this. So um, I had a friend the other day actually ask me because I was sort of looking it up and um, finishing up with some work that I was doing and I was also at the same time planning dinner for Adele when I go see her in a couple weeks and they said wow you have the menu open you have the reservations open you have Yelp open all of this and it's like yeah this is the process of picking a restaurant when you go hang out with me so it's never just hey maybe that place is open it's definitely an in-depth look at where you're going to be going so it's a lot of things you got to know when how much time you're going to have for dinner, what the walk time is from your restaurant to the place. You got to know if, are you guys going to be in the mood to eat that? So if, like, for example, if you're going to be going and sitting down for two and a half hours, you probably don't want steak, even though you might want steak um, on the day because it's a big deal. But you might want to think about others in that particular case. And you don't, you certainly don't want to walk super far, especially if the person you're going with is going to be wearing heels. Um, you That's one thing that I, always find is people don't factor in the walking factor here in Vegas. So keep that in mind. Um, that's sort of a, a bonus thing on this gambling episode. But um, I also get this question a lot as well before I get into the review about um, craft steak is do you tip the dealers? So I typically tell people you should tip the dealers, especially if they're doing a really good job, um, especially in blackjack, if they are giving you directions, they're personable. Uh, 
you should probably probably try to be winning in blackjack just because it's not that hard to pull cards out of a shoe. But for craps, if you're learning and you're asking lots of questions, regardless if you're winning or not, you probably should tip them just because it's a lot of work. They're keeping a lot of math in their head. They have to explain to you. They have to keep up with the game. And it's kind of a lot of work. So typically in a gaming session, I would highly recommend five bucks in a gaming session is a more than more than uh more than fine tip for uh for the crew so say five bucks in the gaming session is fine doing really good 10 bucks and that's and then again that's totally up to you but i would say at least five bucks and they'll they'll thank you for it um, i also recommend you tip them while you're playing because if you tip them while they're playing or while you're playing they're typically a little bit nicer to you while you're still there because if you leave and you give them a tip they can't be nice to you anymore you already left so i recommend you tip them while you're playing so that was my little explanation of gambling 101 especially if you're coming to las vegas it's not as cheap as it used to be so just be ready for you know 15 25 dollar minimum at tables uh again of course once the games get a little bit more in your favor the more expensive it'll get so double deck blackjack on the strip 25 50 dollar minimums Continuous shuffle blackjack is going to be like 15. But, you know, now you know, especially when you come to town. Just be careful. Um, also recommend if you gamble between 2 and 6 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a really, really good time to play, especially the lower limits. Reason why is that that's when the most tables are open because they have the most people working at that time. And typically not a lot of people are playing at that time. So they want people to play at those times because then it, you know, makes people want to come and play at the table game. So just keep that in mind when you are coming to Las Vegas. So we're done with the gambling portion now, and we're going to be jumping over to my review of Craft Steak at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino. All right, everybody, we are back with our review of Craft Steak today. So I'm really excited to do Craft Steak just because this is a restaurant that I used to go to frequently when I used to work at MGM Grand, and it was always my favorite on property. And I always felt it wasn't cool to say your favorite restaurant was the one that was on your property. So even if you're at the Wynn and everybody at the Wynn loves to talk about how fantastic their restaurants are, which they are, they have fantastic places at the Wynn, the Palazzo, of course. Um, those are two different hotels, obviously. But um, I always felt it was kind of weird to say that your favorite restaurant was the place that you worked at. But it makes sense just because you go there the most frequent. So uh, I love craft steak. I've been there probably ma maybe four or five times now. Um, and I, I think it's usually fantastic. I love the menu options on there. Uh, they have a really great selection of starters. They have really great proteins, of course. They have all the steak. They have a really great fish program as well. Um, they also have a couple of different domestic Wagyu's. Uh, they also have uh, really great desserts and a fantastic vegetable selection. It's always kind of funny when I used to work at the desk that people would come up and ask, you know, I want a good vegetarian option. And the funny thing was, was that Craft Steak, which is a steakhouse, had some of the best vegetarian options on the plate just because they were very large portions. So they're really good enough for dinner, really great presentation, and they were absolutely fantastic. And they were seasonal. So uh, they always definitely tried to accommodate people who were, you know, vegetarian, of course, even though it was a steakhouse. So... I really enjoyed my time at Craft uh, Steak this last uh, this last time I was there about two weeks ago, and I went with my brother, and we went for my birthday. Obviously, um, we did let him know it was my birthday on the uh, the reservation, of course, and uh, we walked in, 
we both got a drink, obviously. The drinks were fantastic. I had an old-fashioned. My brother had, uh, he just had a Coke. Not a big drinker, but it was fine. He had been doing quite a bit of drinking at Resorts World the day before, uh, the, the earlier in the day. Uh, apple ci- uh, ciders all day. But uh, yeah, so the chef came over. Not the chef, excuse me. Uh, the waiter came over, explained the menu to us, obviously. Even though I'd been there before, they had made a few different changes. So my brother encouraged me to get the three-course menu, the chef's three-course menu, which was not expecting my brother to actually say that. So that's what he recommended. I kind of pushed back a little bit. I was like, are you sure? Do you want to do this? And he said, yeah, why not? So we got the three-course menu, which include a starter, which actually a great great deal, especially if you're if it's a special occasion. It's definitely a special occasion. This is a good thing to do. Um, it offers a starter or an appetizer, excuse me, a protein so any of the steaks and then also a side of course oh and it included dessert as well which was which is really cool so we got to try a couple different things so highly recommend sharing at this restaurant by the way so we tried to get a couple different things because we wanted to try a little bits and pieces so when we went so i had the uh, double r beef which is essentially you can get any of the domestic wagyu's for the price that was listed, for those of you wondering, um, it was $135 per person for one of those. Um, just so you know, understand sort of the price going in. So most of the regular steaks are around 75 bucks for a ribeye. So actually, this is a pretty a pretty economical way of eating at this restaurant. Um, you can also get any of the domestic Wagyu's, which those are going for, skirt steak was 95 for example. 12 ounces, and then if you get the filet mignon, that was 135, the New York strip was 128, so really when you're doing the three-course menu, it actually was quite an economical choice, especially if you were going to get a starter or a dessert, so I think that was a really good call on my brother's end, for sure, so very economical of him to do it that way, so I got a regular ribeye, he actually got the New York strip, the Wagyu New York strip, which was fantastic, I have to be honest now, I consider myself a big steak person, and I cannot taste the difference between a Wagyu and a regular steak. I really apologize for that. Um, I know all the steak heads are going to be coming at me because I should know the difference. I've been in Vegas for a while. I can't tell the difference. So really apologize about that. But that's what I got. So I really enjoyed mine. It comes in a pan with all the juices still in it. Oh, my goodness. It's sort of crackling just sort of as it's at the table. Um, again, the juice is just sort of cooked in it. They slice it up for you. It is absolutely fantastic. You can find our pictures up on Instagram now, or you can find them on Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting those with this podcast, of course. Um, so other than that, um, he also was very adventurous. So he got the shrimp scampi. So I'm really glad that he was able to get shrimp scampi because I know that that's one of his favorite dishes. So he got the shrimp scampi. I got the pork belly, which was also unbelievably great. Um, it had a very nice crisp on the outside and it also had a really sort of tender center, but it really broke apart nicely. It didn't feel like pulled pork though. It was definitely a pork belly um, part. It was definitely a pork belly uh, preparation, not definitely not like a pulled pork at all. So he got the shrimp scampi. I got the pork belly, which was both absolutely fantastic. And then, uh, then came the steaks, of course. The sides that we got. So this is actually the most exciting part of the evening. So 
he got the fingerling potatoes and I got the potato puree, which I had really been looking forward to. And it was really good, the potato puree. It's sort of like a really, really creamy, uh, really, really creamy mashed potatoes. So if you're a person who was wondering what is a potato puree, it's essentially just really, really buttery mashed potatoes. They're really, really thin. But oh my God, my brother got the fingerling potatoes and they were out of this world. It's really bad to say this. But that's the part of the meal that I remember the most is just how fantastic the fingerling potatoes were. And it's not saying that the steak was not good. It's more to the fact that I gave my brother shit about getting the fingerling potatoes. I was like, you're going to get the fingerling potatoes? Why would you get fingerling potatoes when we already have potatoes coming? And he said, no, I really want these. He has no idea what he was doing. And these were the best part of the meal. Oh, my God. It's I still remember them. Just perfectly prepared fingerling potatoes. So... Highly recommend shout out Fingerlink Potatoes over at Craft Steak. And um, my brother also did get the surf and turf. So he actually got the surf and turf and he got the lobster, which is also a picture that I'll show on the gram. And it was unbelievable. It was sort of a half tail of the, uh, of the lobster. Fantastic. Just sort of dripping and sort of that great herb butter. And it was absolutely mouthwatering. So... That was really the meal, and it was really, really great. And then we also had the uh, monkey bread, which the monkey bread was absolutely great. And then we also had the chocolate cake, which is definitely my thing. I, I really enjoy the chocolate cake. But the monkey bread is really what they're known for. And, of course, the rolls that came before. Oh, my goodness, the bread was delicious and it had salted butter, and it was ooh, so just so fantastic. So hopefully you're really hungry now because <laughs> that was a great meal. Really, really enjoyed it. And to actually make it even better, so I actually, back in the day when I used to work as as a concierge, I would do the tours for MGM Grand. So whenever we would have college students come by, I would actually take them on a tour of the restaurants or backstage ca- the Ka Theater or to the bakery, which is always a really big highlight for me because then we got three macarons. Macarons, that's for my friend Andy, who says it's not macaroons because I am not an uncultured swine. It's macaron. Thank you very much. And uh, so, yeah, the bakery is always a cool spot. But anyways, so I took, I used to take people to Craft Steak. And what was really awesome was that Jim Beebe, the GM of Craft Steak, was there. He recognized me and I said thanks. He gave us, you know, he helped us out with some some parts of the dinner, which was absolutely great. I really, really appreciate that. Um, which is really just a thing. is just showing how small really the city is. So we all kind of remember each other. We all kind of know each other. And um, we know that sometimes when we go out, it's a special occasion. And, and really, Jim is, has worked in the hospitality business for such a long time. He worked for Morimoto. He worked over at um, the uh, Italian restaurant over at MGM Grand, which is now called, um, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking on the name. But uh, whatever used to be there, he used to work there as well. And now he's back at Craft Steak. And really, he's just a fantastic host for whenever you go go to Craft Steak. So highly recommend you reach out to Craft Steak to make a reservation. And if you see Jim walking around, he has uh, white hair, but really slickly dressed guy, really sharp, really sharp uh, dressed uh, GM, and uh, really, really a great host. He was always a great person to talk to when you wanted to do a tour of the restaurant. He's really, really um, versed in wine and in hospitality and the restaurant business the numbers, just absolutely great person for sure. So highly recommend Craft Steak. If I had to rate it out of five, I would certainly give it a five. 
just because it was absolutely a fantastic experience going there. The room is great, especially if you're there for something special. They have really, really spaced out uh, dinner tables and really great lighting. They change the music depending on what is going on in the casino. So if it's like rodeo time, they'll play some country music. But typically, it's really low. Uh, the music is quite low just because it can get quite loud in there as well. So just a little just sort of ambiance note is that it can get a little bit loud, but it's really still really great for a date or a business meeting or really anything. So highly recommend Craft Steak if you are coming to Las Vegas for a nice steakhouse experience. So that is my review of Craft Steak. And uh, also this is the gambling episode. So I hope you found that educational as well. Hopefully you tune back in next week when we come up with something else for you guys to learn about in this wonderful city. And as always, my name is Brian Ortega, and this is Concierge Confidential. Confidential.